Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right, another week, and the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 129. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with Greg Cosell from NFL Films to talk about the Eagles' win against those Minnesota Vikings on both sides of the ball. Who stood out? What plays worked? What were the changes from a week ago against Atlanta? And how will this team match up with the New England Patriots next Sunday night? We will tease a little bit of that last part all in one segment before we get to our scouting report, where this week we will break down a little bit of a local product who I think will stand out this week at the Senior Bowl down in Mobile, Alabama. Look, I'd love to give you my personal thoughts on going to the Super Bowl. If you're a loyal listener, you know I grew up a diehard Eagles fan. I'm from Philadelphia. Uh, I have lived and breathed and and partially died uh, with all the past years, all 32 years of my life. Just so, so excited. But uh, I'm excited for that one more. I'm just so excited for this game next Sunday against New England. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. I don't want to get too emotional as I keep talking about this. So uh, hopefully the next time or a couple episodes from now, We'll be having a much different conversation. But before we get into all of that stuff, let's not waste any more time. Greg Cosell and I break down the win over Minnesota and give you a very early peek at the upcoming matchup against New England on both sides of the ball. Let's get to that chat now in Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. Pleased to be joined once again on Chalk Talk here in the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, NFL Film Senior Producer Greg Cosell. Greg, uh, it is almost Super Bowl week. We're uh, about 24 hours removed now from the Eagles' thrilling victory over the Minnesota Vikings in the NFC title game. Just an outstanding performance in a game you and I, we, we had spent a lot, of talk, a lot of time talking about leading up to the game. We watched the game together, and I think both of us were, were shocked at how the game unfolded. You know, Both of us really felt that the Eagles would win this game, but uh, in the manner that they did, I think, was, was very surprising, and it was obviously it was great to see a great way to go into the Super Bowl. Well, I'll disagree with one thing you said there. Okay. Uh, both of us didn't feel that way because I'm on record on my NFL matchup show as picking the Vikings, which I was reminded of a I lot was today. Tr- I was trying. You were to trying help to you be out. kind. You were trying to be kind. <laughs> you got to help you. Out. You got to stand by your picks. You have to be a man of conviction uh, here, friend. You like the Vikings more than I did. But. I did. I did. <laughs> I turned out to be wrong. Yeah. No, it, but it's, it's not, all right. It wasn't the first time, yeah, and it won't a, be the last time. You and me both. Yeah. But, but uh, uh, let's talk, let's talk yeah. about the game and just obviously a very very surprising just to yeah. see how it all unfolded and. You know, once the, once the floodgates opened, yep. I mean, it really just turned on for the Eagles. Yeah, and it was a very interesting game seeing it live and then watching it on tape. And, you know, you and I both have studied Nick Foles for a long time. And obviously yeah. he's been an Eagle since he was drafted. Left for a couple of years, now he's back. And he obviously played as good a game as he's ever played, in my view, because it was a game that in some ways was a bit of an outlier for him in terms of the kinds of plays he made. Yeah. I mean, he made late-in-the-down pocket throws by navigating the pocket. He made second-reaction plays when he left the pocket, as on the 42-yarder to Nelson Aguilar. So he made the kinds of plays that I think it was almost impossible to predict he would yeah. make yeah. going into the game. It's one thing if he made normal 
throws within the context of a game. Like you know, the previous game against Atlanta. Correct. Yep. Correct. You know, the RPO throws, the rhythm throws, the, the quick game throws. If that's the way they had won the game, we'd say, hey, he just played a really good game. But he played a game in a way that we've not really seen him play it before, and it was obviously spectacular. Yeah, I mean, it was good to see. Obviously, a little bit of warmer weather, and yep. I, I think that certainly helped. You know, I think sure. you know, we've seen a, a notable difference with Nick Foles when the when the weather has dipped a little bit, yeah. gotten down in the, the wind chill, down in the in the teens and the single digits. A little bit warmer on Sunday night. He's able to throw it around and able to sling it a little bit more. Bodes well. We're going to play in a dome in a couple of weeks, and I, and I think I'll be. I'm yeah, very, but you and I have to be outside. Yeah, in order to get there. That's, yeah, that's yeah, a valid yeah, point. Yeah. But uh, really, really excited just to, you know for Nick and oh, yeah. you know and just the performance that he had. Um, some of the throws that the throw on the flea flicker was just outstanding. It's ridiculous. I mean, it, exactly yeah. where it needed to be away because Harrison Smith got there. I mean, yeah. he he could have made a play on that ball if it had been thrown a little bit further inside. Nick just placed it beautifully. No, and we we broke that play down on the all twenty two, and I made the point that you couldn't have handed it to Tory Smith yeah. any better, and it was that kind of throw. I mean, that was that play was made by the throw. Yep. Uh, really, it that was the key part. But he made some terrific throws. But I mean, the, the, the plays that stood out to me were the kind of plays I mentioned before. I thought the touchdown to Alshon Jeffrey, which we um, the long touchdown. The long I know one. Jeffrey caught yep. caught the short one as well late. Uh, but the 53-yarder, you know, that's not the kind of play you normally expect from Nick Foles where he's in the pocket, he's navigating the pocket, he's throwing very late in the down. And, uh, you know, obviously it's, it's tough to break that play down in detail when you're on a podcast because people can't see it, but they can see it on the All-22. But that was a, a situation where he was reading one way and totally came back the other way. And, you know, th- those are not the kinds of throws we normally see. And what I liked from that, and it, for some reason this literally just popped in my head and I, I didn't make the correlation until thinking, visualizing the play in my mind. You remember the, pl- the game against Arizona where the Eagles went on the road and they lost late? There was the John Brown touch- long touchdown run. It was 2013, maybe 2014. You mean uh, where pa- Carson Palmer hit John Brown? Yes. For the Carson- 75-yarder? Yep, exactly. So, it was yes. that, so that game... Early in that game, Nick Foles hit Jeremy Macklin for a deep post for a touchdown. It was 50-plus right. yards in, in that area. I can't quite visualize it. And it was it. the yeah. same. It was a three-level stretch to the left, right. and Nick Foles didn't like what he saw there, got back, and he hit Jeremy Macklin on a deep post. This was not the same because there was a route adjustment there by Alshon Jeffrey. Right, right. You know, he's got his eyes on He sees that Nick Foles is, almost has to get into that second reaction phase because of pressure. He's fighting through contact there from Everson Griffin on his backside. And it, and uh, Alshon breaks it upfield. Great recognition, and I like the fact that both guys were on the same page. You know, yeah. That's not the ball go, going on a deep ball to, to Alshon. That's not drawn up in terms of how it no, because the that was not the route. It was a backside dig by Alshon Jeffrey off the front side three level stretch. Yep. That was the play, and and Alshon actually I forget which corner it was that was was it uh, was it Rhodes or not, but whoever it was, the corner actually it was Newman. It was Newman. Was that's yep. that's correct. It was yep. Terrence Newman, thirty nine year old Terrence Newman. Yeah. He actually read the route and also. Also jumped in front of Jeffrey, and I think Jeffrey kind of said, "You know what? I can't get inside, yep. so I'll just take it vertical." And I love the fact that yeah. they were just on the same page, yeah. and able to connect there. He hits him in stride, huge play down the field. Uh, Alshon had a couple of uh, nice catches in this yep. game, some in the quick game. We saw some more RPO it stuff. Was- uh, the I'll tell you what, man. The um, and it, it, this has become such a, a buzzword, and you and I could probably do a whole uh, podcast just on the the, the RPO. The RPO and yeah. the idea. It's very tough for you and I when we're watching because. Yeah, and for the announcers too during the game sure. live, every play could look like it could be a, some form of art. Not every play, right. but a lot of plays look like they because could be it an ends RPO. up being 
a fake handoff out of the shotgun to an offset back yep. and then a quick throw. So it could be an RPO or it could be just the play call. Yep, exactly. So there are t- but uh, they came out in the second half and it was five straight RPOs just him in rhythm, he could hand the ball off, he could throw the quick game, uh making a pre-snap read whether it's again whether it's pre-snap defenders in the box, leverage of a certain defender, the technique of right, a certain right, defender. Right, right, right. Uh he's making that read. And he, and he makes the decision. He puts the Eagles in and position then, to pick the up nice yards. The nice thing about a player like that, too, is built into an RPO is it has a misdirection dimension to it. Yeah. So it, it can get the defense moving. It forces them to have to play with their eyes, and, and, and they're put in conflict, really. Yeah, the, the one play in that little sequence there, that five-play sequence, was Anthony Barr came on a blitz. He triggered, and he was seemed to be a defender that Foles was kind of reading there. Foles pulls yeah, it. Yeah, and that's a play. You're talking about the one where he got drilled yes, in the ground. Exactly. See, that was a play I wondered, and maybe you know better than I. I wasn't sure because of the route concept that had a rub element if that was a true RPO. They've run it sometimes, yeah. but they do have the uh, yeah. a, a, a two-man concept. Right, you know, well, because so, that, that had the natural rub. Yep. Because it was Aguilar who ran vertically to create the rub on, on Jeffrey's defender, and Jeffrey cut underneath Aguilar. So, again, you could be right because you've studied in a little more – detail than I have a lot of the, these Eagles plays, but I, that didn't, I didn't see that and think that was an RPO. One of the things I usually like to look at, and it kind of helps me with it, is the, uh, the offensive line. And, and really, right. is the, how far that offensive line travels downfield. Right. Because they it, know yeah. if it's a run play, if it's a pass play, if it's a called pass play, I can't be going three, four, five yards downfield. Well, you field. know, it's so funny how, how terms and things become in vogue. I remember back when Mike Martz was the head coach of the Rams, and I knew Mike well, and we used to really break down his offense because it was one of the best in the league, Great obviously. Turf. Yeah, sure. yeah. Right. And, you know, Mike, uh, it's back when, when Ryan Jaworski was on the matchup show and we'd call Mike a lot on Tuesdays and he would explain a lot of the stuff to us. And he was, you know, back then people called it smoke, smoke. or, right. you know, and, yep. and he talked about a play where literally only the receiver or sometimes even two receivers, depending on which side the quarterback wanted to go to based on the coverage and the mm. defense, only the receiver knew that it was going to be potentially a pass. The offensive line, they didn't know that. They just knew by the play call that it was a run. So a lot of these concepts existed back exactly. 20 years ago. Yep. We've just changed the name, and they look a little different. But as in most things in football, nothing is brand new. It's just sometimes used more prevalently or changed a little bit in the form in which it's used. But, you know, you can go back years with this yep. stuff. And Brad, I remember Brett Favre, when he did the quarterback camp with John Gruden a couple of years yeah. ago, he said the same thing. He said there were, there were plays where me and the receiver had a check, and if I gave him a look, he right. knew he was going to cut this off. And I, instead of me handing it off, I was just going right, to throw right, a quick little right. uh, screen to the outside. So definitely it's been around for a while. No. And it's, it is fun. It, it's fun, and obviously it keeps the quarterback in rhythm, and that is certainly something that has worked to Nick Foles' benefit and to the Eagles' offensive benefit because uh, they've been able to move the ball really, 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 really well over the last couple of weeks. Uh, staying in the pass game, Zach Ertz. I mean, the, to me, the biggest thing in this game because Zach Ertz had a, a few really big third down catches, but the third down success. I mean, you and I talked about the, how I think good Foles Minnesota was. Nine was. for ten for maybe 153 yards on third down. I think, that was I the think number, that, yeah. that's something, and two touchdowns. Yeah, and, and, and that they converted yeah. ten times on third down. And you mentioned on the podcast last week, through 17 games, they had given up 52, 53, 53, 53, whatever the number was. They gave up 10. The, the Eagles had one-fifth of that in one game. Unbelievable. Un- and you know what? It was a combination of many things. It was uh, obviously second reaction plays, late in the down throws, great execution as we broke down on the All-22 as when Corey Clement crossed the formation Great. to pick up the blitz. Yep. 
you know, it was really good play design, getting, you know, defining a read for Nick so he had somewhere to go with the ball quickly. Yep. Um, so it's always, it's never one thing when you're that good, you know, you do something that well. Sure. But that was so critical. I mean, like you said, they were 10 for 14 overall. And I think one of the misses was a kneel down at the end of the game. Right. So that yep. doesn't even count, really. But um, Foles was 9 for 10 on third down against that defense. I, it's funny you just mentioned it's never one thing when you're really good. I remember when the Eagles were really bad on third down a couple of years ago. It's never one like, thing it's either. It's never one thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad either. It's just funny how it works both ways. Uh, just, a, just a ridiculous performance. Yeah. And then in the red zone as well, the red zone, the Eagles were two for two down yeah. inside the twenty. The Reds or the Vikings were zero for three. Yeah, uh, and that's a huge, huge factor in the game without question. Uh, when you have those, those turnovers and one turnover on downs for the Vikings, uh, and things really just kind of fell apart for them offensively. We'll we'll get to that side of the ball in a little bit. Offensive line to me the for the Eagles was really really good. In this I game. agree. Big V stood out. Yeah. Uh, the athleticism for guys, but then also. The double teams on the backside. So you know, looking at some of the movement they got, especially on number ninety-two, Tom Johnson. Right. Uh, I made the joke on my Eagle and Sky article earlier today that he could have bought a bus ticket because right. of the, the, the amount of rides that that kid took, uh, courtesy of the Eagles' offensive line in this game. It was just an outstanding performance by the guys up front. Yeah. No. It was a. Re- I mean, and and like you said, I mean, I think the big V factor is really important. Now, there's there were a lot of quick game throws, but yep. there also were were others where there were not quick game throws. And Everson Griffin was not really a factor in this game. Yeah, there were some some and he seemed Everson Griffin's known for that first step. Yes, him being able to yeah. time the snap count. There were times where V was completely locked in with him. Yeah, I mean in totally. step. Yeah. So right when Griffin moved, yeah. he moved. I was. It that was might have been his best game as a pro. It might have been. From, I was from, just going to say that from yep. snap one to snap whatever. Yeah. you know that might have been his best game. Yeah, he he got beat on the the long play to Jeffrey. You know where he he was the one who was giving up the pressure to right. Foles, but. I mean, outside you look at the flea flicker. But he was beaten a different way. It wasn't beat where he was just, of course, you know, beat. Yep. You know, he got I mean, driven back. Right, right, yeah. right, right. But I mean, he, I, I think I might agree. It might yeah. have been his best game as given a the level of talent of the player he was going against. No question. Right. I mean, there was a huge test going up against Everson Griffin uh, in the run game. They were able to get some things going. Yeah. Yeah, Jay Ajayi, I thought was solid. Uh, you saw the Garrett Blunt a couple of the Wham touchdown. Pitches. Yep. No question. Uh, we see we we keep going back to that. Yeah. Um, Interested to see. Do you think that that's something? I know I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself. Is that something you expect to see for the for them against the Patriots? Is that something that would work against that kind of? Approach? Well, we'll get into this more, but just to yeah. give people a taste, what the what the Patriots do defensively is if if you put it in sort of the Cliff Notes version, they play with coverage, consistency, and stability, and front multiplicity. Mm. That's what they do. They're very multiple with their front looks. Yep. So, does Wham work? Sure, it does. But then you have to call it. It, it, ha- it has to be called a, against the right front. Yeah, a and lot of people don't like traps and whams against like an odd front. Right, so right. You, you and they do a lot of odd up. fronts, uh, which uh, I'm sure you started just a cursory look. Yes. A lot of odd fronts with um, uh, a zero technique and two, three techniques. Yeah. And wham may not be the best run for that. Interesting. Well, we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. And yeah. Then you go uh, to the Eagles defense and just came up clutch with some huge plays. Obviously, the, the thing that got it all started – was the interception right. return for a touchdown by Patrick Robinson. Which I think was the only snap in the game that they played quarter-quarter half. That's right. As You made, you made yeah. that astute observation yeah. when we were doing the All-22 review. Yeah. Uh, do you think that that was kind of an adjustment? You know, uh, they, got, they were marched down the field. The Vikings marched right. down the field with ease in that first drive. And that was the second series. Yes. And, it was and third so and long. It was the off coverage. Do you think maybe Case Keenum thought maybe they had some like, just a soft off man and he could sneak it in on the outbreaking route? 
Well, I kept looking at that play to think that if if could the ball have gotten over the top, so to speak, of Robinson yeah. if there was no pressure. I don't know. That's where he was throwing it, but yeah. I don't know. Uh, but it was the only snap of quarter quarter half they played in the game. It's it's a beautiful change up. You know, I don't know. Only Case Keenum could tell you if he if he saw that and read it and still thought he could make the throw, or if he didn't really if that didn't really register. Fletcher Cox, I thought was really good again in this game. Yeah, so did I. Yeah, he was uh, he was very disruptive in the pass game, but more so again in the run game. You know, I, like we said, they they marched down the field that opening drive, but you saw Fletcher at the football pretty yeah. consistently in this. I game. thought they did a really good job, and and they, they play a lot of people on the outside, so it wasn't one guy, but it was Curry. It was. Barnett, it was long. I thought they did a really good job against the two offensive tackles, yeah. Reef and Hill. Yep. I thought they won those matchups. No question. Chris Long got the better of Hill yeah. a number of times. Yeah. Brandon Graham. Vinny Curry, I thought, showed, yeah, showed up in this Curry game. Yeah, Vinny Curry had a couple of, of bull rushes, yep. you know, speed-to-power rushes, where he just got underneath Riley Reef's pads and moved him back. And you, you believe that Derek Barnett's sack fumble was I thought the play it was, of the game. Because, first of all, it was a 14-7 game. Yep. The Vikings had had one long drive. They were in the process of having another really – I think they'd had 11 or 12 plays on that drive up to that point. Yep. At that point, the Eagles were not controlling the game. Mm. You know, you didn't have the feel, hey, this game's in the Eagles' hands. And it was third down, and even if they don't convert, they get a field goal, it's 14-10. The game might have a different feel to it. I thought that play really turned around the game. Yeah, and the ru- a couple of rushes before that, you saw some really good rushes from Derek Barnett. Yeah. I thought in this game – yeah, he had the sack fumble, and that was huge, and it was a great play, maybe the play of the game. But I thought he, he showed some flashes in this yeah, game. Yeah, and you can debate the protection the all day. Yep. They used that protection quite a bit in this yeah. game. Uh, a number of times they added a back into the mix to, yep. to help with that, that backside defensive end, yep. but they didn't on that play. It's a tough protection. It's a tough block for the tight end, Morgan. And I, I think that you're, you're seeing that a lot this year from the, against the Eagles, and I think that they, it mainly comes – against that front that we've talked so much about with uh, the three defensive ends where you've got Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox inside, mainly to just now the offensive line doesn't have to choose. You're all, you're not, you don't have to send no. the center one way or the no. other because it's a full slide. It's a full slide. So you're going to say, okay, we're going to make the rookie right. beat us is basically what they're saying. Right, well. Point. And you're yeah. hoping a quick throw right. and all right. that, of course. And, and I thought maybe when I watched, when we saw it last night and I didn't get a chance to see it in, in detail that he was throwing to Diggs, but I think he was throwing it to Rudolph on the uh, corner route. Because yeah. Rudolph had leverage, it was kind of a smash concept. Yeah, yeah. There, they, there were a couple throws where I thought Keenum didn't pull the trigger maybe yeah. as quickly as he yeah. normally would have. There was one late in the game where Fletcher Cox got uh, he he put him on his back, uh, where I thought the ball could have come yeah. out a little bit quicker. Um, anything else in this game when you would go through and you and you looked at the, the defensive backs, the linebacker level? I thought Michael Kendrick showed flash in this. He game. sure did. Yeah, he was he, he, he made a lot of plays with with athletic pursuit. Yep, and and which is really the kind of player he is. One. Well, the other thing, too, I thought that stood out to me, they ended up not blitzing a lot, but they had that stretch early, uh, early in the game yep. where they blitzed on two or three consecutive third downs and a second down with different people from different you know different spots. Uh, Jenkins, I think, a couple of times. But after that, they didn't blitz very much at all, but I thought that that sort of set the, the tempo a little bit. Can I have a, a, an early vote for a player who I think could be a sneaky key contributor for the Super Bowl. And he was a sneaky key contributor in this game. I don't know On what he defense? Yep. I don't know how many tackles he ended up with, but he played a good amount of snaps, especially after the first couple of drives. The Eagles struggled in base. You know, they gave up the touchdown right. in base. So they go to some more big nickel and some more dime. And Corey Graham Co- had a lot of snaps. Yeah, yeah. And early on, yeah. they tried to run at Corey Graham, 
And Corey Graham made a couple plays yeah. in the run game. Well, it's interesting you say that because they ended up playing a little more big nickel when they yeah. started playing 4-3 with Najee Good. But I think they almost feel more comfortable with Corey Graham in that role. Even 12 personnel. They're coming yeah, out, they come out two, right, two right. tight ends, yeah. and, and they've got big nickel, and they've got Corey Graham in there. And by the way, they'll see a lot of two tight ends against New England, and we'll get to that you know later in the week. Yeah, and I think that's going to be really interesting just yeah. to see uh, how he's used in this game. Yeah. If Gronk plays, and how, you know, obviously you mentioned you imagine that that matchup would be Malcolm, but... Well, it gives you way more field. flexibility because exactly. Graham can, can do that too. He can blitz. He can, he can play in coverage. They, yeah. They've used him deep. They've yeah. used him in man yep. at times. So it will be interesting to see uh, how he's used moving forward. Uh, Greg, you know, Eagles fans haven't watched a ton of the Patriots, so we're, we're going to dive really deep into this matchup later in the week to set up for, for the game next Sunday. But just early, some early thoughts. You, may, you mentioned the defensive front. Uh, maybe let's start on the defensive side. Overall thoughts on this defense. What are some of the keys that people could take away without diving too right. far into the weeds? <clears throat> well, they've been predominantly a man-to-man defense, okay. particularly when you get to, to longer yardage situations and third down. Will they travel their corners? Like they, you imagine Gilmore would stay. They up? have, and I think they will because they normally do not like Malcolm Butler playing big receivers. Interesting. So if if they don't if they don't feel Fran that there's there's a receiver that they need to do that with, then Gilmore plays left corner and Butler plays right corner. But I can't imagine that they'll want Butler on Jeffrey. Mm. Just my sense from watching them. So it wouldn't surprise me if they travel their corners and get Gilmore, who's a physical guy and can be, if they and get Gilmore on Alshon Jeffrey. Blitzing unit, not as much blitzing? They blitz very, very selectively. They blitz when you least expect it. And they'll blitz when they feel that the tempo of the game needs to be changed. Mm. But they're not a big blitzing team. All right. And then offensively, uh, anything from – obviously, I mean – Their got quarterback's a, not bad, They've got a by decent quarterback. Yeah. I, th- I think he's got a chance. Yeah, he's got good. a chance. Yeah. Uh, thoughts on just the, the overall philosophy of that offense? Well, here's what's happened in the two playoff games. You know, they, they went through the final five, six weeks of the season running the football a lot, and in the two playoff games, they've not run the ball hardly at all, mm. just in terms of numbers of, of, you know, volume of runs. Mm. They've turned it over to Tom Brady. Uh, you know, they probably continue. Which I would think would yeah. be the case. I yeah. mean, I think this Eagles defense is very hard to run the ball against. Yeah. So it'll be – they'll throw the football. I think that there's no team – and let's go on the assumption as we – speak this week anyway sure. that Gronk plays I don't think there's any team that's more diverse formationally at a base personnel than the Patriots so take explain that for you know some of the listeners in terms meaning of how they use that the they will line up in so many different formations out of either two tight ends when they have a fullback on the field Devlin who's often split out so they, they have so many different formations, including empty sets, mm. out of base personnel because what that means is the defense is in base personnel. Yep. Now, that could be a case where the Eagles decide to play big nickel right. as their foundational base defense yep. because of the Gronk factor. That's why I have that feeling about yeah. Corey Graham. Yeah. Good or bad. We don't right. know how it's going to go. Right. But, uh, right. A pivotal player to me in right. this game. It's, it's well, you'd just... certainly, from a coverage standpoint – rather have Corey Graham on the field than Najee Good. And obviously we saw the touchdown to um, uh, Rudolph, Rudolph yeah. to end the first drive, and that was a classic case where they motioned. They didn't go to empty, but they got Murray out of the backfield, split wide, number one to the field, 
and the Eagles had to make some adjustments on the fly there, and they struggled, and Good was late making his adjustment, and he didn't even react to Rudolph until after the ball was snapped. Yeah, so I'm... I mean, look, I mean, Belichick obviously is going to see that. And, right. You know, Doesn't mean they'll do the work. exact same exactly. thing, but he's going to recognize some opportunities there out of base personnel. No question. Hey, it's, going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun to, yeah. to evaluate this offense. We've got a long the time. The Eagles are in the ball, Fran. It's still, it's still kind of crazy. I'm going off like 90 minutes, two hours of sleep, and it's, every once in a while I find myself pinching myself. I mean, it's crazy that the Eagles are in the Super Bowl. It's awesome, man. It's, uh, as, a long, as a lifelong Philadelphia fan, it's Great, great experience. Really, really excited. Well, I guess they'll just play the Patriots every 14 years. Oh, you know, hopefully come out on the other side on this one, though. Uh, Well, Greg, appreciate the time here, as always, on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. We will talk to you later this week uh, in preview of next week's matchup against the New England Patriots. Great stuff from Greg, and you can follow him just like I do on Twitter, at Greg Cosell. And while you're at it, I'm at FDuffy3. That's where I post all of the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's and O's content that we produce at PhiladelphiaEagles.com. And you know I greatly appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on social media. That is one way to support the show, but the other is to go onto Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and give us a rating, even leave us a comment. I wanted to give a shout-out to, to Manel1981 and to Mark Drumheller, who both rated the show and left comments saying how much they love listening to the podcast on a weekly basis so thanks to manel and mark and all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcast offerings on philadelphiaeagles.com okay let's keep this show going i told you earlier that we would break down a prospect from the senior bowl obviously not down there this year the first time in seven years very very happy to be here in philadelphia not down in mobile alabama as much as i will miss that experience but one player who is down there is penn state wide receiver Deshaun hamilton He is the subject this week in our scouting report. Dim those lights. We're headed to the film room for the scouting report. So Deshaun Hamilton, just under six foot one, six foot and a half, two hundred and seven pounds. Penn State's all-time leader in catches, second-team All-Big Ten this year. He went to the East-West Shrine game a week ago and was a standout player down in St. Petersburg. So he gets the call up to the Senior Bowl because of an injury, someone that pulled out. So now he's got the ability to really kind of prove his wares in front of NFL scouts on a more of a national stage. Four-year starter for James Franklin in that shotgun spread offense. He lined up primarily in the slot with a few reps on the outside, but mostly inside. Decent height, pretty good length. He's got some long arms and some muscle on his frame. Athletically, I would say his best trait is his change of direction and his lateral quickness. He's got some suddenness to a mid-route, and he can accelerate and decelerate with relative ease to help create separation. He plays faster than I think he's going to time out of the combine because he's a very efficient mover. There's very little wasted motion with him. He's got a very defined plan as a route runner, and it's one of the more savvy players at his position in this class. He knows knows how to change up his stride length mid-route, and at the top of the break, he can stair step, so he'll kind of patter his feet, get on a defender's toes, get his hips flipped, and break opposite. He snaps out of breaks really well, and he can separate at the top of the route. He can use his hands, particularly on a swim move, to kind of stay clean if a defender tries to chuck him early in the down. He did work a lot over the middle of the field. He's not afraid of confined spaces. Consistently tried to stack the defender on vertical routes when he got on top of him, and he can get on his back. Has a knack for playing the ball in the air, displaying the body control to go up and adjust to it mid-flight and get his feet inbounds. 
showed the ability to go up and win in contested situations, particularly on those fades over the shoulder with defenders on his back, very reliable at the catch point, and didn't have too many drops. Now, wasn't all good. Obviously, there, there are some flaws in his game. I wouldn't say that he's truly explosive. I don't think he's going to be viewed as a special player with his top-end speed. Won't be viewed as a dynamic guy in the NFL with the ball in his hands. I don't think he's going to be great after the catch. And he was hidden a little bit in the slot, so I have no idea right now, personally, if he can beat press coverage. So, in Mobile, I would imagine that's going to be one of the things he's going to want to try and prove in one-on-ones and then in the game. Can he beat press coverage on a consistent level against top competition? Tends to fall step a little bit against off-card. Just a little pet peeve of mine. He'll fall step <clears throat> early in the down on some of his releases, and he doesn't always play to his size and his weight as often as I'd like, especially as a blocker. I wish I saw a little bit more aggression from him as a blocker. And then lastly... I know he's got smaller hands for the position, and that shows up a little bit on film. He tends to body catch in all areas of the field. So there are a lot of good things and a lot of things that you, you want to see kind of improve there with this kid. I don't know that he's ever going to be a star, but I think he knows what he, he knows what he's doing as a route runner for sure. He's smooth without the ball in his hands. He knows how to get open. Since he's not overly big or fast, he'll probably be viewed more as a possession type of receiver in the NFL. But I think he fits in well in an NFL offense as kind of a reliable piece in a successful passing game. You can win with him as a top four receiver. So I'm anxious to see how he looks down in Mobile when he's kind of matched up against his peers, both at corner and receiver. I think that he's got the ability to really stick in an NFL offense as a starter even. This kid's got a lot of potential. I'm excited about him, even though his upside isn't super high. So that's all I got on Deshaun Hamilton. Great stuff from Greg Cosell and all of you out there listening, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play, and of course, on PhiladelphiaEagles.com and the Eagles mobile app. Thank you. And one more time, Please take a few seconds, go rate the show, leave us a comment. Don't be afraid to leave a question on there as well. This is how we pay the bills here because I would love the ability to answer it here on the podcast. All that being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. For everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I'm Fran Duffy. We will talk to you next week in preparation for the Super Bowl.